today on AppViews Daily. It's going to fly very well, and you're going to be able to get a bird's eye view of what your fields look like as the crop is growing, which is something we can from the Iowa Power Farming Show in Des Moines, Iowa. This is Delaney Howell, joined by Mike Pearson. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and good afternoon, Delaney Howell. Tell us what is new at the Iowa Power Farming Show. What are you seeing? What are you putting your hands on? What are you going to buy for, uh, <laughs> you know, your, your gentleman friend? Oh, okay. I'm not buying him anything. Oh, now you got a Valentine's Day is coming up. you got to treat the, the, the man in your life. I think everything here is out of my price range. Yeah, yeah, I believe that 100%. But tell me, what really is sticking out of you? I mean, the Hour Power Farming Show, for listeners who aren't familiar, it is one of the largest yes. indoor farm shows. I don't know if it's like second or third, but it's a huge event. There's several uh, tens of acres, anyway, under roof at the Wells Fargo Arena, Hy-Vee Hall, all in downtown Des Moines full of machinery and ag suppliers, and pretty much it's, it's a who's who of the ag industry, right Delaney? Yes, it is kind of overwhelming the uh, space that they cover here at the Iowa Power Farming Show, but you're right, there's all sorts of people from crop companies, equipment companies, I mean anything under the sun is probably here at the event. Uh, I went to an interesting seminar this morning looking at hemp production, and I'm going to share a couple interviews here over the next couple of days with that. Just, you know, we talk about hemp production a lot, but really we don't talk about the specifics of it. So we're going to get into that later on this week. Also stopped by our Tech Tuesday sponsors booth, HTS Ag, and we're going to hear from them here in just a little bit. But it's always great just to reconnect with some of those people that you only see at events like this. Right. That is one of the cool things. It's kind of a reunion there, isn't it? At the uh, Iowa Power Farming Show. Absolutely. All right. Well, Delaney, we while you were there plowing the aisles of the Iowa Power Farm, I, don't know, I tried <laughs> I to do like something. And I, okay. yeah, yeah, it was nothing. It was nothing. Um, but we do have the world of agriculture continuing to turn and news continuing to come out, though today kind of a slow news day, kind of a slow day in the markets and kind of a slow day in the uh, ag news arena. However, we did get an update that JBS – has signed a memorandum of understanding, which is basically like a trade deal for companies, to uh, with the WH Group of China to supply basically $712 million worth of pork, chicken, and fresh beef production each year. So JBS has uh, really capitalized on this uh, trade dispute with America and China, and they have really grown their Brazilian exports. In fact, Brazil exported $6.5 billion worth of beef in 2019, up 19% on the year, and 41% of that beef was heading to China. Um, they also exported about $1.5 billion worth of pork and $6.3 billion worth of chicken. I was surprised chicken was that high. But basically, the point of this is we are continuing to see China make moves to diversify its supply chain, in this case, looking at South America for meat uh, products, protein stuff. Yeah, I've got another piece of Chinese headline news that came out today. Looking at their subsidy reform process, China has apparently come forth, according to new WTO documents, and said that they are going to move more quickly on the way that they change their subsidy programs. They said they're going to accelerate internal processes to fulfill their obligations. It basically sounds like they're finally being held accountable by the WTO. And 
they will work on streamlining that process. I don't know, I'm thinking a lot of it has been some pressure put on by the U.S.-China Phase 1 negotiations, but uh, that's something that we'll continue to watch. Yeah, so this is for importers, basically, Mm -hmm. right? They're going to not be allowed to, or they're going to crack down on them buying stuff and then canceling the order and buying it back at a cheaper price. Okay, well... I tell you what, I will completely change my tune on the tariff and trade war if we do find a way to actually punish China for manipulating the trade, which they have done for years and years. And uh, apparently they've also agreed that to meet this new process, this new WTO, it's not really new, but to meet or to fulfill the WTO's, WTO's requirements, they have to do this by March 31st, or they agreed to losing their WTO challenge, which was filed by the U.S. a couple, three years ago. Oh, wow. Okay, so this could, this is going to happen soon. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. Interesting. Well, while we're talking China, of course, China has been in the news quite a bit recently with the coronavirus that has been spreading. And of course, the country of China is doing what they can to limit the spread of that disease. One of the things they've done is they extended their New Year holiday. I believe we talked about that yesterday on the podcast uh, with Elaine. They extended their holiday three days and they announced earlier today that they have delayed the reopening of their commodities exchanges. So the big one in China, the one that American uh, traders look at the most, is the Dalian Commodity Exchange. And uh, it is going to open now on February 3rd rather than January 31st. So they're extending it by, what is that, four days, three days, something like that? So basically, they are just trying to keep people home as much as possible, keep them from interacting with others so they can limit the spread of this coronavirus, which, as of this morning, has infected 4,500 people, Delaney. So, I mean, it's yes. it's spreading, that's for sure. Yeah, I think there have been, I'm going to misquote it, I saw in the news, I want to say one or 200 deaths in the U.S. alone, but a lot of those are happening primarily in China or Southeastern Asia. Yes. Yep, that is, you know, the, it's, I think it's predominantly China still. I mean, yes. a lot of people have left, but it's Wuhan is where this thing yep. got started, and that's where it's really doing the damage. Yep, but unfortunately it is in the U.S. as well, so. It is. It is. There's a case here in Chicago, in oh, fact. Oh, wow. Be yeah, careful. and I tell you, Ted Seifert, our, our friend and frequent guest on the podcast, was sick for about 10 mm. days, and we were all very concerned that maybe he was patient zero. Uh-oh. What did he say? What did he say to that? Well, you know, he's hoping he's not, I suppose. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. As one typically is. Right. So, Delaney, what other news do you have for us today? Well, we continue to watch, <clears throat> we continue to watch what's going on in the House right now as it relates to the SNAP program. We saw the House, which is, of course, Democratic-controlled, is supporting a multi-state lawsuit that is aimed at blocking the Trump administration from making any changes to those SNAP work requirements. We saw those go into effect or try to go into effect, and we're seeing multiple states, 15 different states, including the District of Columbia, file against that, saying that this is whatever, unethical, unallowed, etc. Basically, the way that USDA has put it into place right now, it it limits states' abilities to provide those SNAP benefits for people who are unemployed, able-bodied adults without dependents. Okay. All right. So it's 
presently on hold? Is that the deal while these cases move through? Or they're going to push it through and then stop it if the cases win? What's the what's your take on a, how this thing goes forward? Right, that's a good question. Um, I, I think the latter of the two. So I think it is in effect until we see something happen legally. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that probably makes the most sense, I would think. I think so, too. All right. Well, we've got news. We haven't talked about this very much here on the podcast, and you know, maybe we should have. Um, but basically, in France, there have been a lot of strikes recently, and I'm not entirely certain. I cannot find my news article that was talking about this. But there are uh, the rail workers. They are, you know, a lot of people who move move products in France have been striking. And this has severely hamstrung work happening at French ports, as you'd imagine. So basically, as of now, we've got, um, or France has, these ports that are completely stalled. This is really hurting the movement of wheat out of France. And it's one of the things that is supportive of the um, American or the, the U.S. wheat market, which is you know, good news for those of us here in this country. But it's one of those things we're going to have to keep an eye on because, you know, strikes can start, and that's bullish if they happen in other countries, of course, and then they can stop. And that can be a whipsaw that just changes things very, very fast. Yes, definitely it does. Mike, do you, switching tracks a little bit here, do you know what big American event is coming up this weekend? What big American event? Yes. Oh, huh. It's Sunday. Um, do you know what Sunday is? I don't know. What is coming up? Okay, I know you're not a sports guy. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Oh my God, that's Super Bowl already? <laughs> yes. I'm oh not even man, gonna that is insane. You. I'm going to guess you don't know who's playing in the Super Bowl from the South. I like. know that one of the teams is the Kansas City Chiefs. That is correct. The other two. I don't know the other one. <laughs> the 49ers. But oh, cool. So this is going to be a good, uh, good game, I suppose. It is. It is. And my favorite part is. I mean, this year it's going to be watching the Chiefs because I'm a Chiefs fan, but I really like watching the ads. Well, last year, of course, we saw Anheuser-Busch really ticked off a lot of corn growers with their ad that happened last year. Mike, do you remember talking about that ad? Absolutely. They said their beer was not made with corn syrup, and they were disparaging corn syrup. Right. So this year, in an effort to redeem themselves with corn growers and farmers, they said they're going to be running a new ad looking at their Michelob Ultra Pure Gold brand. It's a newer beer line that they've put together. And uh, this ad is apparently going to say that any beer, any bottle of this Michelob Ultra Pure Gold that is sold, they're going to convert one square foot of farmland to organic agriculture for every bottle sold. I'm not really quite sure what to make of this. Um, you know, we've got a lot of folks that are organic. We've got some that are still very conventional, so I'm not really sure how they're going to go about doing that but uh, also a quick frame of reference because i thought this was interesting you'd have to buy 7266 packs of this light beer to convert even a single acre of land oh man that is a lot of beer that is a lot of beer holy cow and my understanding is that this michelob specialty brand is an organic beer. Right. I think it's all made with organic uh, products. Yep, that's correct. You know, so it makes sense. They want to increase the number of acres so they can drive down the price of organics and make their beer cheaper. Exactly, I guess. So it's, you it's know, really helping can... them. I'm not really sure why this is a win for agriculture, but whatever. Well, I mean, it's a discussion that's happening about ag. That's right. a good thing, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, well, Delaney, I tell you what, I am out of news. Do you have any other news that we need to cover before we chat the markets today? 
I don't think so. We're not chatting the markets. They were chatting technology and ag. Well, but we're going to chat the markets first. We're going to run through the prices today. Gotcha. No, I think I'm all out. All right. Well, let's talk the markets today. We had a bit of division today. We had a recovery from yesterday's very, very bearish downward day across all the grains. Corn actually up fairly substantially on the day. March corn up six cents to close at 386 and a half. May up five and a quarter. Finished the day at 392 even. In soybeans, the March still lower on the day, but not as much as yesterday. Down two and a quarter cents to close the day at 895. May down two cents finished at 909 even. And wheat also down on the day, but well off the lows. The March contract down two and a half cents, finished the day at 569 and three quarters. The May down two and three quarters to close at 568 and a half. Looking over at the world of livestock, we've got mixed trade in the cattle complex. April live cattle, 60 cents lower to finish at 120.70. June down 55 cents to close at 112.47.50. In feeder cattle, here's where things get mixed. We've got the March up 22.5 cents, closing at 135.40. The April down 22.5, wrapping up at 137.77 and a half. In lean hogs, a move to the upside today, although closing well off the highs of the day. February lean hogs up 27.5 cents, closed at 66.22.50. The April up 85 finishing at 71.30. Looking over at the world of dairy, class three milk, more of the same. Um, January, I guess unchanged on the day, closed again at 17.04. February, up after yesterday's catastrophic uh, 70 plus cent drop, was up six cents today. The Feb contract was to close at 17.39. Without further ado, let's kick it over to Delaney's interview with our friends at HTS Ag. Well, checking out the Iowa Power Farming Show, had to stop by our Tech Tuesday sponsors booth, HTS Ag. I'm here with Adam Gittens, who is the general manager at HTS. Adam, tell me a little bit about the booth today. What are you hoping to talk to folks about? Why are you at the Iowa Power Farming Show? Delaney, we always enjoy this show. We've got a widespread of technology here. We're talking about the new products from AgLeader Technology. The Sure Speed is their latest announcement this month. And... Uh, that product is not yet released or on display. They're actually holding that back for the National Farm Machinery Show next month. But uh, we've certainly had some good conversations around that. And of course, we've got our grain management products here. We're able to talk through the new features there are uh, not only fan control, but also heater control this year. And so we tested that on my farm and we've got some data to be able to show guys from what that looks like. And then just of course, a, a wide array of different drones. We've got drones for sale right here in our booth at the show booth 925 and we also are giving away a dji mavic mini here at the show now we're doing one drone at each show we go to so we gave one away at the lincoln farm show at the nebraska power farming show we had 43 people sign up so you have really good odds of winning this 400 hundred dollar drone that we're giving away at this show you must come to our booth scan the qr code in our booth and you can get registered for the drawing and uh, really easy to do Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this drone that you're giving away and just why you have drones in particular. If I win this drone, I'm a farmer, what should I be doing with it? Well, for one, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's, it's a small drone. It's a, on the lower uh, side of the price scale, right, at $400. It's going to fly very well, and you're going to be able to get a bird's eye view of what your fields look like as the crop is growing, which is something we can't often get in any other form, or at least not timely or inexpensively. So this does a really good job of doing that. Uh, Some of the higher end drones that we have, some of the things we're utilizing them for, we can actually set up a a predetermined flight path, take multiple pictures, 
utilize software to stitch those images together and make one high resolution map. And we can even utilize the differences in color and determine crop health from that. So we can take a color image, an RGB image, and use the VARI algorithm, the VARI algorithm that was developed at University of Nebraska, and we can get a false NDVI map from that and understand crop health in a, a really unique way. So it's, it's an amazing set of data that we can get, and you can do it very inexpensively and do it yourself instead of paying per acre for that kind of data for somebody to go fly it for you. And the real benefit is you get the data when you want it. So if there's a, a field that you want to look at today, you can go get that aerial image today. Yeah, and I was reading something the other day that says 2020 is going to be the year of turning all this data that we've been gathering for so long into actual items, actionable items, uh, to say the least. I know HTS Ag has been working on that. They've been there for a long time. But what changes are you guys working on in 2020 and beyond? Well, there's so many things coming together that we can utilize cloud-based data sets and pull from multiple sources. AgLeader has a wonderful offering there that we can actually utilize uh, yield data. We can utilize uh, soil test results. We can pull all that together. We've, we've got equations from various different universities that are pre-populated into the cloud. So you can log into a web browser not owning any software and pay a very minimal 75 cent per acre charge and write all the variable rate recommendations that you want for your farms for the entire year. You can do your planting racks, your fertilizer racks, your lime racks, and get all of that for that one flat charge of 75 cents per acre. So we've got a really great cloud platform and, and just the speed of internet and so many other things coming together in the technology world has enabled this in, in the agriculture sector. Yeah, I mean, broadband is still something we're continuing to see USDA work on. How fast of an internet connection do I need to have to use the technology that you guys employ? You know, Delaney, it depends on how much patience you have. Uh, we can certainly make that work on a fairly slow connection. I've got a, uh, I think, a, a 7 megabit connection at my own house, and it works very well there. If you've got faster internet, of course, things process a little quicker. Uploads take a little less time, but it can certainly be done with uh, whatever is available at your current location. When you look ahead to the future, too, obviously data, using that data, turning it into actionable items is a big deal. Do you see anything else that's going to be not a silver bullet, because I don't think data is a, a silver bullet, but do you see anything else coming down the pipeline that's going to be something farmers need to get in tune with? Turning data into something actionable in as close to real time as we can is really important. So the longer that data set sits without something happening, it's a lot like a loaf of bread. It's really good when you first open it. It's got a lot of value. And the longer it sits on the shelf, the staler it becomes, the, the less useful it becomes. It, uh, it really has the ability with cloud-connected displays, like what we're utilizing with AgLeader, where displays are talking to each other in the field, and we can get that data in real time or near real time. We can do so much with that when you have it at the right time, and you can make decisions on the go by having that data right there. So I think that's going to continue to be a big thing as we move forward. The more connected that the devices can be, the better the data set becomes and the more useful it becomes in near real time. And remind me or remind our listeners for uh, those who are new to the podcast, HTS Ag and Ag Leader, the technology that you use, do you have to have a certain color of equipment to use uh, your digital services? Absolutely not. Ag Leader is colorblind, as is HTS Ag. HTS Ag stands for High Tech Solutions for Agriculture, and that's really what we have prided ourselves on bringing to the market, and that, that is bringing the best solution to fit in any operation. So we can work with 
all different kinds of grain bins. We can work with all different kinds of combines, tractors, sprayers, uh, you name it. We've probably got a solution that will fit in your operation and help make you better at what you do. Adam, I, also, I want to switch tracks and also make sure and ask, uh, this is probably not the correct name for them, but the peer mentor groups that HTS Ag does, I think those are very unique for the industry. Tell us a little bit about that. I know you're going into maybe your sixth or seventh year now, so you've got some experience under your belt with those. Absolutely, we do. We've, we've started the grower peer groups back in 2014, and that same group that we started back then, the core group of people that we started with, are still together in that group. We've since added a second group. We've continued to fill out the groups. We're looking at possibly adding a third group yet in 2020. Uh, we just continually are amazed at the amount of information that can be shared in such a meaningful way. I wouldn't say there's anything incredibly special about what we do other than providing some structure and a template for how to get the guys together, providing some accountability. But really what we're looking to do is get geographically non-competing farmers together in the same room and get them to share information in a meaningful and impactful way. And it has to be the right type of grower that wants to learn and wants to contribute. But once that happens, it is unbelievable to sit in the room and, and listen to those conversations. And I have story after story after story of guys that have been in the groups and have been able to make uh, huge decisions financially, uh, from a legacy planning standpoint, from grain marketing standpoint, we cover all topics, not just technology. Of course, we cover technology as well, but uh, there's nothing off the table. We get down in the, in the weeds, we get into the personal stuff as well. We talk about uh, how to manage your time, how to, to work on the, the work-life balance, and, and all of the things that are important for maintaining not only a, a good business, but a, a happy and healthy life. And I think it's just really neat to hear that you're basically creating a support group for these farmers because farming can be a very isolated business and it's nice to know that you've got a support system around you than just those in your immediate area. It's lonely uh, in the farming industry, I guess is a, a pretty safe way to say that because your neighbors are oftentimes your competitors, so you're a little bit protected in the information that you share with them. And this provides a safe environment to share confidentially with a group of like-minded individuals. And yeah, it is just that, it's a support group. It's a virtual board of directors for your business. And each farm really needs to be ran as a business, no matter what the size of it is. If you're, if you're not running your farm as a business, it's definitely time to start. Yeah, that's a, I would even open that can of worms because that's a whole nother subject to get into. But Adam, before I let you go, you're gonna be at a couple other farming shows here coming up. Tell us about those as well. You bet. We'll be at the Triumph of Ag Expo in Omaha and also at the Hawkeye Farm Show in Cedar Falls. And at both of those shows, we are giving away another DJI Mavic Mini. So come and see us. It's your chance to own a drone. Adam, thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Well, again, a big thank you there to HTS Ag, not only for talking to us today, but also being our Tech Tuesday sponsor. Absolutely, folks. If you've got any technology questions as they relate to agriculture, give our friends at HTS Ag a question. I'm sure they will know the answer or know where to point you. I think they will, but we also know lots of things and can point you in the right direction if you're looking for resources or past episodes of the Ag News Daily podcast. Find us on agnewsdaily.com or connect with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag News Daily. Mike, with that, should we let the people go? Let's let them go, Delaney. Delaney.